You're listening to the Mystic Sister and Company podcast. My name is Becca Starr, and I'm a psychic who helps you hear and heed your intuition. Listen in on how women are overcoming and giving voice to challenges that we face every day. Get comfy or just relax your shoulders while you drive. Welcome, sisters. Welcome back to the Mystic Sister in Company. I am so excited to be talking to my friend and amazing woman, Angie Gray. So, Angie, hello. Hi. How are you? Thank you for being here today. So we just chatted a little. We knew we were going to do this show probably for the last month, month and a half. And we are going to talk about women friendships. And I think it's such a great topic. This came up in one of my conversations with Lauren on the show and how we have maybe some anxiety when joining, let's say, a small group of women, an accountability group. So where that has maybe presented itself in our lives, we were thinking about how the um, the it's not always the tension that exists when we're in the group, but almost like this slight fear of like, what's this going to be like yeah. when be prior, like the, the pre-joining feeling of like, do I really want to get vulnerable with women that I don't know? Do I want her to be my friend? Will she be a good friend? Can I trust her? And that happens for me. I have moved and now I'm in a new town and Hallelujah. Like it has worked out really, really well because this community, it could just be the women that I have found, but I feel that it is saturated with these amazing women who are naturally supportive. They themselves are creative. They are just all sort of in this, um, this energy of female support and for the most part, true acceptance, which is really all it, you know, that's what I think good friendships require is acceptance, support, kindness, maybe extending a helping hand. I mean, that's next level, but we have that here too. So I feel really blessed by this, but I have felt so blessed because I can look back at so many different stages of my life and really think about where it wasn't like that and why this means it makes me want to cry, but like why this actually means as much as it does to me having it because I know what it's like to not have it. I know what it's like in many different sort of chapters of my life to look back and where I was at with female friendships. And that's what we're going to talk about today is really uh, put it when we were, when we started our pre-conversation before this, before we pressed record, what was it when I said, so what are we going to talk about today? Like we had an idea, but you put it in your own words. So let's start with that. Yeah. Um, how we navigate friendships while one, like you are up-leveling your life, growing spiritually in business, whatever you're growing, you're changing, but your friend group is staying the same. And it feels like they are not following what you're doing. They're confused. They might like have anger and negativity towards it and how you react towards their reaction of you changing. Yes, that's what it was. And so 
that's really, I think the key one, that's what makes me feel like yes, support and acceptance. Those are the, the really big things to have in any friendship. So before now we dive into all the, the ways that this shows up and how we experience this and what we personally do about this and how, how we've walked through this in different chapters to our life. I want to talk a little bit of also about where you're at currently in your life, because let's say you met women earlier, like 10 or 20, 30 years before now, I know that where you are now has taken you a lot of personal growth, a lot of study, a lot of education. So let us know who you are and what you do, and we'll go from there. Okay. So I am a master NLP life coach. Um, I am a practitioner of EFT, EMI. Um, I'm an integrative nutrition health coach as well. Uh, I started my career as a massage therapist and hairstylist. And that I think had I was a massage therapist in 2004. So I would say my career started then and it just kind of evolved and seems to keep evolving. Um, but yeah, each each new thing that I've tried takes me to different levels and takes me away, like puts me in my little corner, in my little bubble, which is fun. I'm a nerd. I love to study new things. So that's fun to me. Um, but yeah, um, I'm a Air Force wife. I'm a mom of a young little boy who's amazing. Mm. Yes. And so when you tell me that you started as a massage therapist and a hairstylist, that doesn't seem not that being a master certified, you know, NLP, you know, all of the credentials that you hold now, not that that would be intimidating to me personally, or should it be to anybody? Um, it's something I admire and respect, but had I met you, or let's say, let's take myself out of this equation. Cause I think I'm a weird duck where I just like love when people like have new things to talk about and they're, you know, expanding their horizons and they're growing in all of the ways. So and I truly am, I am a cheerleader. So that is just like, when I hear things, I truly in the inside, something starts jumping up and doing cartwheels. And I feel very excited for other women. So it's not that I don't know what the feelings of insecurity or jealousy or um, what of those feelings would feel like. But in this way, typically I feel very celebratory when I hear new things from friends. But let's just say you had friends that knew you. You were becoming a massage therapist, a hairstylist. To me, those seem like really relatable skills. That seems like a career that, oh, yay, I have a friend who can do my hair now, you know, that kind of a thing. And also, maybe in some ways, massage therapy, but they don't take you too deep into your personal growth and healing journey. Where the other things you mentioned, that's when you really, whether or not you're doing the personal growth already as an interest, but those, you can't really be a coach or all of the things that you are able to help your clients with without doing the work yourself. So you absolutely start to change. 
I'm imagining there's been an entire transformation where you are not the same person that you were when you became a massage therapist and a hairstylist. Absolutely. I would say even the, I would say the first like big notice of change that I had with massage therapy was before massage therapy, I was living in my mind that I had to look a certain way that there's a perfect quote unquote, perfect body within a month of massage therapy. You, you already see so many bodies and you see the beauty of all the different types of bodies. Therefore that got, it did not go away, but it helped me see my body in a more loving way and a more kind way. And it was, I was able to, you know, with, female friends and even some guy friends when they're like, Oh, I don't like this part of my body. Like it works. It moves. Why do you need it to look a certain way? You know? And I don't know. I think just seeing so many different bodies is already that starts your change. That Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I would say as a hairstylist, um, if you ever followed Tabitha Coffee, she had a show. Yeah. Yeah. Her book, it's uh it's not all about the hair. That is so true. This the hair is the smallest part of being a hairstylist. It's the conversations and how much like people share with you while you're in that chair or while they're in that chair. It's I had no idea that it would be that open for them. I didn't expect that. That's not something I don't remember going through hair school thinking, (laughs) oh, or having the lesson. How do you handle these conversations? Right. Right. But that is what eventually led me to wanting to become a coach. Yeah. Because it was those conversations that I don't, I mean, people still will contact me and say, thank you for that conversation. You helped me see something. And I'm like, I don't like <laughs> your hairstylist, you know, just giving a listening ear and maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I can totally see that, but I also see that there's probably a shit ton of hairstylists that do not have that personal transformation. So I think what really starts it is who you are and what you're ready for, because clearly there are a ton of hairstylists and some of them honor that position and for the vulnerability and the intimacy actually that is shared because I experience that when I sit in a chair, I don't know what happens. I just, I'm ready to like talk about things that I wouldn't normally tell anybody. So it is a funny thing that happens there. Um, But that does say a lot about you. And so your ability to see your own body with more love and acceptance, and then to share that with your friends and then the honoring of the conversations that happen. So that is where it like outwardly began to appear in your life. And you made new decisions based on that, that have now helped more and more people and have really helped yourself grow and deepen your existence on this planet in your life this, this part, this time around. So (laughs) I think that you are who you are, but probably in your friendships that you attracted and developed at that time in your life, you weren't necessarily looking at all the corners of 
humanness and all of the things. So who maybe was in your life at then, if they're still in your life now, that those friendships have they sort of have to evolve, but they don't always do that. Right. So then we're kind of left with this almost like when you think of dating somebody or even in marriage, if one person grows and the other person doesn't, then we end up having conflict, challenges. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that needs to be sort of so much more compromise, so much more acceptance is really needed, but I think it just brings up a lot of insecurity triggers. Like there's things that happen and we just want to be in a flow with people usually like in our marriage, in any relationship, in a friendship. And when that doesn't happen, we start to think something's wrong with it. Something's wrong with that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I want to share what has happened because um, like we each have developed our own friendships through life. I mean, the funny thing is, is the hair, the massage, the coaching, there were so many things that when we first met at that time, I was like, oh my gosh, we have like parallel lives. And my mom, <laughs> like there's so many differences, but there's also these things that like really are similar. And I think going through different chapters of your life, you've moved also and just meeting new people and have, becoming a mom. That's a whole new world. Nobody, oh, yeah. you don't even know that world exists until all of a sudden you're a mom and you're like, Oh, it's like a whole world that I didn't even, I had no idea was, was even already here. And so there is moms and women, coworkers, military wives, like wherever you are in the world, and they are going to be supportive and accepting and open to friendship, or they're not going to be supportive. Right and loving and kind and all of the things. So, and everybody gets to do whatever, you know, whatever makes you happy, like for whatever reason, if that's what fills your cup and you need to do that, like, then we all know like what we are doing and how we're doing it. But I think sometimes like the real thing is if we see it in everyone around us, like, oh, they always want to argue or that's happening or that's happening. Or that's happening. And you just see these themes, but they're literally in every direction you look, then that's really a true sign that it is time to take a look at yourself. There yes, are things yes, going on within that are creating that over and over and over and over again. And I think that's really where we're going to sort of shift in this conversation, but let's just talk about our friendships and how they have looked. So Personally, I had many friendships from a much younger age and some grew with me, but many did not. And even now, as I look, I think the friend that I have, who I have um, known the longest is one of my closest friends. She introduced me to Matt. It's probably going on like 25 years at this point. Um, she has grown with me. We had our, she has um, three daughters, but two of them, she had them at the same time that I had my two and she's a military. She's moved around all over too. So she and I though have stayed connected on the phone and through pregnancy. And now we both live back in the same state together. So I think we're <laughs> we feel thrilled about that. And the funny thing about her and, and me is uh, her and I not sure how I'm saying that, but she and I are 
very different in many ways. She is not into woo-woo stuff at all. She isn't into the things like that I am into. And yet those two key traits, support and acceptance, she's got them. For me, like there are things that she does that like I just do different. My brain works different. But the support and the accept as long as that is always there, that is how our friendship has grown. So it's almost like we've been going down this river of life. We have both changed and things have, you know, um, completely shifted in our lives throughout all of these years. And yet we are still in that same river together. Like, Hey, like we just love seeing each other. We, we truly, I think, especially at this point, appreciate each other even more than we ever have, if that's possible, because when you can look back now on all the memories and all the conversations and the struggles and the way that we have each individually gone through things through the years, but we witnessed it for each other. And Mm -hmm. we, we really, I think are able to do that in a way that's rare. I don't, I don't know that that exists. I don't always experience that in every friendship And the friendships that have not lasted, I may have known them longer, but there was judgment, criticism, like you had mentioned misunderstanding. And it probably was both ways, really, because, you know, when you're friends with somebody, they might bring out certain things in you, but also they might not want to change. They really might be happy where they are and they don't, they actually don't feel comfortable around the growth or the change or the shifting. Like they became friends with you because they liked you for who you were then. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about, I mean, for me, sobriety, there's a lot that has changed in my life. So I've become a lot of different versions of my potential through the years. So not that they haven't, I actually don't know now, but I could run into them. I could have um, great little catch-up sessions and go on our way. And that does not mean we're going to pick up the phone and start sharing in each other's lives again. That is close as we were in friendship. That ship has sailed, I'm <laughs> guessing, um, unless something brings us back into each other's lives and we really both can respect and appreciate what is. Like, I'm not available to that. And right now, like, in their choices, like they're either, and that's okay. So I've made the decision and I remember, and this is something that we were just talking about. I remember making that decision to let some friendships go because I didn't like the negativity. Like there was some things about them that I did not appreciate. And I made those decisions with a few people and I felt lonely. That was the thing. Like when we don't let go of friends, and I think we'll talk about this when we talk about your personal experience a little bit more, but it was lonely. Like the fear of being without friends is a real fear. Cause like it, I was not surrounded by friends when I made that decision. And for a few years, I felt like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I have any friends or close friends? It's like, I could talk with anybody, but like, you know, those close friends. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to remind myself that I chose this. This is something that I actually made the decision for. And so that was my experience. And when I look back on it now, over the last at least 10 years, the women that have come into my life, 
since then, and it took a minute, it didn't happen right away. I had to walk through that. There was discomfort for sure. But these women that I can look back on over the last 10 years that I am still friends with to this day, I feel so incredibly blessed by. They are extremely close friendships. I laugh my ass off with them, like all the things, but also they feel more high vibe. And they, I can be me. And that's like a big change, I think, like where we talk about, I can't even be myself. You know, they don't, they don't accept that, whatever that is. So that's kind of my experience with it. Can you talk about your own sort of journey and what you've gone through with this? Yeah, I would say the friends I had when I was in my early 20s, you know, they, it was party time. Everybody is always with everyone. Everybody is always out and about. And in my mid, late 20s, I needed something more substantial. And it was easy to get rid, you know, not really get rid of, but just stop because you just stop hanging out at the same places. But there are core friends from that time period that I'm still friends with. And there are times where I feel like I cannot share what's actually going on in my life now because there's judgment there. So there is that disconnect there. But like we were saying earlier, those friendships fill a cup that of my personality that I that cannot get filled up with other relationships. And the thing you said about letting friendships go, being alone, which I remember those years and I remember the same thing, like, why don't I have any friends? Oh, because I need new different friends and that's okay. And then also the part where you said all, you know, all these new friends came in, that's how it is now. I have room for these women and friendships to come in. But I also have room for those catch-up sessions with the friendships that have grown from my early, you know, childhood because I still have friends from kindergarten, which is pretty cool, and my 20s. So 20 years ago, over 25 years of friendship same. And it's amazing that those friendships have a place and can still fill fill something up. Right. I want to, I just love how different it can be, but I think that what you're talking about, I do want to talk into that a little bit more. And before we spoke, I pulled some cards on this conversation and, you know, helping me to see more of the intention to bring with us. And it was so interesting because what comes up when we talk about this and when we experience this in our lives is we see the friends that don't accept us for who we are in some ways, whether it's unspoken, it's passive aggressive, they could be more openly challenging about it or say shitty things or negative or any of that. And yet it fills something up in you to still have those friendships. Like you're not the same person you were when you met them. You've changed so much. You don't even have the same interest anymore. There are things that are make you so clearly aware that this is not somebody that I would even become friends with right now. 
in mm-hmm. at this time in my life, but we are friends. And what we talked about is to be able to see how multifaceted we are. Like you are multifaceted. So for you to be able, instead of having judgment or thinking something's broken in that friendship or something needs to be fixed, or I maybe even you, you know, I don't want to make the decision to not be friends with them. Like that doesn't feel right to me, but so then what can we bring to that so that we have more peace? Because what happens when they are who they are, what came up in this reading too, was like, oh, we can't see ourselves anymore. We start to question ourselves. It's almost like we feel like like our, our reflection is in everyone that we have in our lives. Like that's how we get to see ourselves. There's a reflection of ourselves in everyone, every relationship that we have. And when we see that it, it makes this mirror actually almost feel like it's a broken mirror. Like it gets like confusing. It's harder to see ourselves and we forget maybe how, powerful we can be with some people in our lives, how healing, how our gifts can be so valuable to other people, but they're not valuable at all to this person. They could care two shits about it. So it's like, okay, so then our reflection, that's not actually about them as much as it's about us because what happens and why we're so uncomfortable and we get challenged is because we're not able to see our our whole reflection. It doesn't make sense to us. It makes us question even our own growth. And the, the the example that we gave when we were like chatting was like, but we wouldn't do that to our children just because our right. children don't know what a badass we are. Like our children, <laughs> no, like you have this master certification, like our children don't know who the fuck we are. <laughs> like they don't care, but we love, like we would never hold that against them. Like that seems ridiculous, right? right? It's like, we would never think that like, Oh, something is broken in this relationship because they don't see who the F I am. Like, seriously, like, if <laughs> only they could see like all of me and everything I'm valuable for in this world, then like, then I would be, it's like, it sounds ridiculous when we yeah, put yeah. those same expectations onto our children. And we do expect things from our significant others or, you know, and we do get to have new friendships that are more aligned with who we are. Like we do get to say yes to new friendships that come in at a time where the the invitation or the acceptance like that 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 friendship to be, you know, um to be into like not intimate um be more vulnerable with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like we get to do that whether we choose to say yes to that or not. But we, it's not that we are not meeting any new people ever. It's not that we're not meeting new people that actually are more of a reflection of where we stand now. But it's in a, in our ability to be able to see our totality, like our wholeness, no matter who we're with, no matter how cloudy or fuzzy or you know in this in this reading that I had done it's almost like there's all this snow and it's like almost like we need more focus so that in itself well that is a skill to have actually to be able yeah. to like be in a friendship that we once thought was broken and fractured but then we're able to no matter what that is we're able to just see ourselves as whole as we saw ourselves with the client who was just praising you for how much they 
are, you know, their life has changed because of working with you. Like, okay, we get that experience and that's what we think is our reflection. But just because we don't have that experience over here with an f- older friend, it's not that the friendship is broken as much as our perception of our reflection. Like we shouldn't feel broken. Like we should be able to see our power, our healing gifts, like all the things that we already possess, like nothing is broken there besides our perception of what we're seeing. And, and I hope this is coming out and making as much sense as like it does when I, when I see the cards and it's like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense for what we're talking about. But the, the idea is like to be able to see yourself in all of the relationships that you have, mm-hmm. to not let somebody else break that mirror and to know that you're choosing that friendship. Like that friendship gives you, as you said, those gifts that you get. Maybe you laugh harder with them. Maybe you have memories that you still want to ex- relive and experience. You know, you have more fun with them. There are things about those friendships that if you weren't like being met on some emotional, mental, like if there weren't needs being met, you wouldn't have those friendships, I would imagine. It's not just a fear of being alone. There's things about it that serve you also. Yeah. I think if, if there were no needs being met, it would just fall away and it wouldn't come back. And so to be in those friendships and have those triggers happen, because that's really what they are. Like, God, I can't even be myself with this person. All of those thoughts, the feel, the feelings, the fears, all of the things that come up. It's like, how can we reframe it so that we do our best to just feel our wholeness no matter what and realize I'm choosing this and I'm going to soak up every ounce. I might not be able to tell them what I'm most excited about in my life right now, but when I need a fix of like, okay, we need to laugh about that stupid ass show that I can't talk to my evolved, like in quotes, my evolved (laughs) friends about like, so, I mean, there are like, there are people in our lives that fill our cups. They, they meet our needs in some ways, but it is really hard when we spend, we have a pattern or we spend time thinking that that relationship is broken. Do I need to end that relationship? Like, why don't they see me? They'll never see me for who I really am. I can't be myself around them. Mm -hmm. You know, like that is the self-talk. So what can we do about that? Because I I feel like there's some things we can do to, you know, it's easy to say, just see yourself as whole, but like, let's talk about some solutions or how to actually navigate that. I would say like what we talked about earlier is once you're like growing and getting on this new and different path, just like what they're actually thinking probably has nothing to do with you. What you are actually thinking has nothing to do with them. And it's this weird, like dichotomy of how a relationship is or can be, or could be, you know, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with them. So it's kind of like you can't take it too personally mm. because you love them for them, just like you hope they love you for you. 
even right. if it's not this most updated version of you. You know, right. we talk about in coaching, it's very helpful for clients to think you're operating on an outdated system, just like your phone. If you don't update it, there's going to be glitches and that's what's happening right now. And so you do need to update your systems, basically, like your thought patterns and all of that. And that's very helpful in coaching, but it's almost like you're picking up the flip phone when you go back to those friendships. So like, all right, so let's just use the flip phone. Let's like sidekick Atari, you know, like, <laughs> let's do what we like, what feels good. Like, and let's be able to look at it that way and see how different it is from how we normally are operating right now. And I think like being able to not take things personally, we both share a love of this book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I've read it a bazillion times. I know you have too. And it's not just the one chapter on don't, do not take anything personally. It's the whole book. (laughs) But let's just say you want to start with that one. I would say like, really just start with it. It's the second agreement and just start with that chapter. If you just want to like dive in and start somewhere with just being able to let the F go of all the the feelings you get about friendships that aren't so-called working, like they're not working. Okay. Really? They're not working or something isn't working within. And how can we practically shift that? I wonder if it's holding on to expectations, kind of like you said, the flip, the flip phone, flip phone, you're holding on to outdated expectations because the relationship is so mature, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's been around for a while, like a fine wine. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not going to be. A but great it's like a bottle her. of Corona. It's not really <laughs> fine wine. It's like you expect. I think actually, our friendships that we develop as more mature women. I Can would think maybe not for everybody, wine. but they are, aren't they? Like to me, there's. I could be wrong, but I I do look at these women that I have in my life over the last 10 years and now in this community here. And I am like, really, I feel so blessed by the quality of the, I hate to say this, call me a judgmental snob, but it's like the quality of the fucking women. They aren't, they are really, really good women. They're doing the their own journey. You know, like I respect like what they're doing. They respect what I'm doing. You know, there's just this sort of, it just feels like, equilibrium. And I'll Mm -hmm. tell you, yeah, well, you talked about partying back in the days where it's like, okay, we don't do that anymore, but who I was friends with, it's not that I couldn't be friends with them. I mean, the girl that introduced me to Matt, we met 25 years ago. We have amazing memories, you know, but we've both changed and she's not wanting to go, you know, to the bar in the middle, you know, uh, you know, it's just like, it doesn't happen. On a Wednesday. I've said too much, but I just feel like there's like so much where it has changed and she has changed. And even though we're so different, it really is so interesting to like, really look back and think like it's, they could be doing the same thing. And that might, you know, and you are friends with people who are actually doing the same thing and you don't want to partake in that. But how else does this, you know, fit in to your current life and your lifestyle? And and you said the um, the other thing is like the expectations and the third agreement don't make assumptions. Oh my so gosh, I completely book, forgot about that right? one. 
Yeah, that yeah. book is going to be so helpful for anybody that's on this journey and struggling. And if you've read it before, I'll tell you, there's not too many, you can't read the four agreements too many times. It's just, no. it's definitely a handbook to have. So let's talk about this. We're going to um, shift into the the forgiveness, the self-forgiveness, the forgiveness of others. I think that really coincides with everything we've talked about so far. And I want you to share with us the whole Ho'oponopono and how we do that, why we do that, and really how this helps us in this particular area of our lives. So Ho'oponopono is this ancient Hawaiian ceremony. They call it a ceremony of forgiveness. And I learned this in my first NLP training I think in like 2019 and what it is for, what it does is it cuts the cord between you and a person, a place, an event, a memory. It can be anything at all. It cuts the energetic cord between you two so that it can be refreshed. And you can also use it to completely like just, let the relationship between you and that person or the relationship between you and that memory um, just not come back. That's okay. She had a cough. That's okay. (laughs) Keep going. I'm not going to edit that out. (laughs) Okay. All right. Sorry about that. So what it does is for relationships that you want to continue, but there's something just, it doesn't feel right for some reason, which happens in many different relationships for many different things. You can use it to kind of refresh and rebalance and give it a new chance to begin again with fresh eyes, with fresh energy. The very first thing you want to do when you're doing Ho'oponopono is forgive yourself for allowing this negative feeling to come. It's not like it's your fault that it happened, but just forgiving yourself for kind of inviting that in, in a way. So what you do is it's a, it's four sentences. It's four, like four mantras. It's a prayer. It is, thank you, I love you, I'm sorry, I release you. And you picture that person, place, or thing. You see the cord between you two. And you say these things energetically to that person, place, or thing. And then you visualize them saying the same thing back to you. And it's not this superficial, I love you, thanks. It's deep, like, I love you. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for showing me these aspects of reality that I didn't see before. I'm sorry for anything that I did to hurt you, whether I knew it or not. I'm sorry that my some of my actions or thoughts may have caused this, what whatever it is that caused this. And I choose to release you now. And you see them saying the same things back to you. You can use it for anyone, anyone at all, every relationship. Um, 
I have found it very, very, very helpful in friendships that feel weird. And sometimes those friendships come back and sometimes they don't. And there's, for me personally, there is a grieving process for me when those friendships don't come back. But I know ultimately that if I'm thinking about that person, they're probably thinking about me too. And there's a chance for that friendship to come back again at a later time, because it doesn't mean it's completely gone forever. It just means right now we're not at a good place to try to have anything, Mm -hmm. but that love is still there, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you, if you want it back, all you have to do is call them, get on Facebook, you know, think about them. Right. And they'll call you (laughs) and they will call you. Yeah. 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 Some of these friendships that I use Ho'oponopono on a lot, those friends will contact me like a week. It's even happened where they contacted me the same 24 hours. I'm like, this is insane. But it puts everything back to that happy neutral place where things can be something, Mm. you know? And, and I not it, mm. it's so helpful for so many different things. Yeah. And they can be something and not, it's funny because sometimes we just think we're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not like what you expect. Like you talked about expectations. It's not what you expect, but it's also gives like that freedom, that neutrality that you, you spoke on it. It gives them that. And it gives you that somehow it just happens. But you also realize how you were attached to certain outcomes that you were mm-hmm. attached and had certain expectations, like your needs weren't being met. And it, and yet with this and this ritual, this ceremony with, to be able to do this, which by the way, I love, love, love the way that you described this just now, because I have watched a workshop on this. I have, um, with the the guy like where he went into prisons and he yes dr l yes and who is it uh am i vital vital yeah so there is um a whole workshop and it's just it's the most beautiful thing but also in the program that we went through last year, Catherine does it much differently. There's not as much emotion involved. So there's going to be, you could watch a YouTube video. You could learn this from other teachers, but the way that Angie just described this, it is simple and it is beautiful. Just like other ways that you have walked through the EMI, the EFT, there's certain things that you, we have done together that you have walked me through that I really feel deep gratitude for your unique ability to simplify, but also bring so much beauty into it. Like it is more meaningful and somehow more simple even than it has ever been presented before. So thank you for that. Um, I feel like the expectations drop on both sides, the cord cutting, because that's what it is. It's a cord cutting. So you're bringing that into this so there are things that you've just shared along with this, even like the, the additional, like putting your heart into this, like leading with your heart where I have not yet heard it described oh. that way as much. So 
that feels really uh, like a game changer with, with this prayer. It's a beautiful prayer already. And if you just say it, Oh, and having that other thing part was having them imagining them saying it as well with their full heart as well. Mm. And then also I did forget. I, I, it's, I think I forgot to say, I forgive you. It's, I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Those are the four lines. And then after you say those four lines, then when you're ready to cut the cord, you say, I choose to release you. I choose to release this attachment to us, to this memory, to whatever it is. And there are times where I've used it before and I was guided through this where, you know, you see a person memory, whatever. And it's really hard to say, I love you to Mm -hmm. these particular people or places. So what you do then when it's really like hard, because you don't, you picture them as a child, you picture their soul, you picture their essence, who they were before they got tainted. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was taught to see their spark, to see their light. Mm-hmm. what they started as and when you can picture that person place or thing as that spark then it's easier to say I love you right and it's easier for you to picture them saying those things back to you with their full heart and they don't have to know they'll I mean they you, it's not like you want to call them and say hey I'm doing a cord cutting ceremony on you just so you know you know that would be totally not the point and very hurtful if they have any clue what you're talking about, you know, and that's not the point. That's not the energy you want to put out there. But then you notice everything within that friendship or relationship, memory, anything connected to that person, place, or thing is changed in your world. It's so strange and crazy how it happens, but it happens and it's beautiful because you can almost see it work immediately. Right. Crazy. And you feel the difference. Like I always, I mean, oh, yeah, after for sure. years of personal journey and coaching others where when you change magically, the people around you change. Yes. So this is, this is always what it comes back to for me is the inner work. This isn't about taking your friend to therapy. They don't need to change. Right. Like you, something in you needs to heal and change. And every single time I've taken that like personal responsibility, then life just gets better. Mm -hmm. It gets better in that way. So maybe they do fall off. Maybe they stop calling me and I grieve, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's always whatever is what's best for me and others, not just what's best for me, what's in it for me kind of thing. It's like, what's best for myself and other people, the other people involved, the other people who would be affected by it. And I, I really do feel that with anyone that is not currently in my life, like the amount of love that I actually have for them is astounding to me. Like that, I don't know. I've done this prayer many, many times, and I'm sure that any, like the people I'm even thinking of, maybe they were at the receiving end of it, but I feel love. And I think that if we are separated from relationships in our family or in friendships that we once had, when we think of that person, it, to think of people 
with negativity truly only mostly affects us. Mm-hmm. And which is why it's the most important thing, whether or not you're going to stay in communication with somebody or they, you know, there's reasons why you, you know, anything that you talk, you don't talk, they're alive, they're not alive. Like the important thing is that you have love in your heart when you think of them. Because mm-hmm. then if not, you're the tainted one. Like you're the one that has has a harm or a hurt that hasn't been healed. And that's if that just affects everything. If you think that that's not affecting every area of your life, you're kidding yourself because it does have an effect on every aspect of your life because you're carrying it around with you. Even if you compartmentalize it and put it somewhere else and like, oh, that has no effect because I don't even think about it. If you can't think about it without feeling the negativity, then you're not, it's, it's not leaving your body. Like until you can fully heal and feel whole and feel love when you think of this person, then it's, it's like for your own good. It's not like, oh, I'm giving them something that you would rather not give them. I don't want to give them peace and love, like, but you (laughs) don't, you want that for yourself, you know? So, and then also if you're still friends and then you're going to get a call from them next week or when you do this, you get the call the same day, but it's like, you want to be able to still be like, um, experience it as a new conversation and not carry all of the baggage from the past and all your own beliefs and all your own expectations and all the things that are broken. You don't want to carry that into every conversation you have with this person. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be any different. It's going to feel worse every time. And also, if you're listening to this show, like you actually have control over that. You have control over how good you feel or don't feel. And maybe it'll take you 23 times to have a conversation with them where finally you feel freedom from all the triggers or the fear, but you have changed. They didn't change. It seems like they did because that's the magic of what happens, but like you have changed. And so then that is just what happens over time with enough Mm -hmm. investment into yourself and effort into choosing peace for yourself and wholeness, then everything around you, every aspect of your life then becomes more of a reflection of that. And you can see it more clearly wherever you go, Mm -hmm. even in those friendships that don't seem to support your growth. They don't give two Fs about your (laughs) certification that you just got. And you're so excited about like all that stuff is potentially all going to still be there but you're going to experience their responses, their reactions much differently. Mm -hmm. You see them as who they are, not the actions and behaviors they're presenting. Right. And yeah, I love that to see them as the little children is I had to do that with my mother. It, It was a very, very effective way to have a healing for myself and forgiveness and truly to be in forgiveness. Like it's, Mm -hmm. you don't want to, you can't dial this in, maybe fake it till you make it, but really like Mm -hmm. you want to authentically feel this. You don't, you can't force this stuff. And there's, you know, there is a way to do it. What's that? I don't think there is a way to do it inauthentically. Right. I mean, Be amazed, people. Can, you know, I mean, that's actually not that's true. People can be that's so true. Nice to you. <laughs> like, uh, I get this feeling. <laughs> that's true. 
(laughs) Yeah. So all of that, I love that because I think we all experience this to some way, especially if we continue to change or grow and, and we are in the same town that we are, we grew up in and we don't move from there. I'm sure a lot of women that are really like in their, you know, hometown, I've, I've actually had a lot of friends that I've met, um, through my life in clients where they're, they're still where they were born and they've grown up there. They've started families there. That's kind of one of their biggest challenges. Mm -hmm. There's other challenges life presents to everybody, but to be able to feel that support. And I think to be able to feel it around you, wherever you look is really important. So what if we have more control over that than we ever thought we did? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Say yes. Say <laughs> yes to the Ho'oponopono and the four agreements and that kind of stuff is what will really take you, you know, to a different place with all of this. So I love your explanation of that. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing that and just being a part of this conversation for inspiring this conversation. I feel like this was just really a beautiful topic for us to share on this show. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. I realized How can we get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at, on Instagram at I am Angie Gray. I Angie is spelled A N J I G R A Y. And at my website, the new mm-hmm. And you can get updates on all everything that I'm doing there. Excellent. And what are you doing? What happens when we go to your website? Is there any um, thing that you offer as far as resources? How do we work with you? What is Mm -hmm. it that you do? Do you do one-on-one coaching? I do one-on-one coaching. Um, There's ways to work with me through one-on-one coaching there. And then also next week, I am launching a new group program. Um. It's called Tapping Into Manifestation Mastery. And basically it's six weeks of learning how to let go of the expectations of what you want in your life and different ways to attract it into your life using tapping EFT, um, EMI, Ho'oponopono is a big one, is a very big aspect of that. Um, but you can sign up for that there. There's also a tapping guide that you can get from there. Um, yeah. Right. So I have about that. Yes, you should be. I am excited to check that out. And I have worked with you multiple times with the, like I had said, the tapping, the EMI. Oh my goodness. Um, the results just from our sessions together have been long lasting and really have helped me so much. So I just really love your work for sure. Thank you. And same with you. Like we've had a few sessions together and your work is (laughs) amazing. It's fun. I love it too. Thank you so much. Yeah. That actually thinking about our last one. Oh my gosh. That was a yeah reading we did channeling well i appreciate your time and i can't wait to catch up with you more i hope everybody has thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and until next time thank you for joining the mystic sister and company